0: Welcome to the My Old Man Said Podcast, I'm David Michael your host joining me for uh, an episode with a bit of a difference I've just got back from holiday so uh, we're kind of a day behind so uh, we haven't really got time and Chris is going away shortly so we haven't got time to put a, together a full show so we will be uh, catching up the last week or so has been a bit well Tenerife for me but uh, something for the weekend will return and the main show will return uh, after the Arsenal game so uh, we will be back on schedule so this is going to be a show discussing uh, our last two away trips to Leeds and uh, West Ham. Joining me to uh, kind of a no thrills reaction, Mister Chris Budd. Hello, sir. Mister Phil Shaw. Hello. And uh, because I said the word away, Mister Max Stokes. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. I hear bad news uh, on the uh, the Twitter sphere that uh, you've you've got the the big C like these other two boys have had. <laughs> I have in days. Um... I tested this
4: morning the London Stadium variant. I was meant to be going to uh, Amsterdam tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure,
0: it, sure it's not the Leeds variant, is it? It might like, be, it actually. It might be Leeds, mate. Yeah, that's true,
4: actually. It might be the Leeds variant. Nasty variant. Ellen released.
0: Road does not have a very big concourse.
5: That is very true,
0: yeah. West Ham is uh, all August.
5: concourse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: the concourse and nothing but the concourse. Exactly. <laughs> you were going to Amsterdam, what, for the uh, Champions League game? Yeah, I've
4: got a mate over there, um, so we were going to go and watch the, the Champions League game, but obviously that's off the cards now, unfortunately. Hopefully they get through and we can go to the next round.
0: Yeah, I've got a sister over there, actually. Yeah. I've, I've got like a travel card I always take, so you could have borrowed that if you were going. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great stadium. I love uh, visiting uh, that stadium.
4: Yeah, I went there before. I went I went just before COVID for a Europa League game, but that would have been my first Champions League game, so a little bit gutted, to say the least.
0: Is it easy to get extra tickets for the Champions League? Because always, Ajax always sell out. Oh, I'm what, not sure. It, well I, left that, I left
4: that to my mate because he's, he's a regular at Ajax, so I'm sure he's got connections there.
0: So you went to both Leeds and... Uh... The Hammers game, uh, we'd gone three games with, without conceding, three wins, nine goals. It was all looking good. But as I, as I said uh, in the last podcast, this was more of a test, I think, uh, West Ham. It was always going to be a tight game. I mean, going into the game, unchanged team, rightly so. Do you think Leeds were a bit of a pushover in that game? Or do you think Villa just took yeah, their chances? bit of both. I was
5: really surprised, actually. I mean, I thought we played really well. I was, I was really surprised how, bar maybe first 10 minutes of each half, I thought Leeds had fuck all. They had nothing about them. They had nothing in the middle. That was my that was my take from both games. To be honest, West Ham have got a really good midfield, very solid battling. Leeds had no battle, which that's one thing you do expect from Leeds, isn't it? Is energy and a bit of fight, and we I think and we scored at the perfect times, I suppose.
6: Yeah, I think I think Leeds were just really ill-disciplined compared. I mean, Bielsa, the fought and they ran about a lot, like like Leeds do, but. Under the under the new guy against or Jesse Marsh, um just against Villa, just their discipline just sort of kicked in really early. I mean it was either frustration or anything as You know, it was Rafinia trying to hand the ball on things in the first half, and it's just stuff that you just nobody else would probably hook them for straight away.
0: Yeah, uh, Max, was it a walk in the park as it seemed?
4: Yeah, it was. I don't think Leeds had much about them at all. Um, I was going there expecting it to be a pretty raucous atmosphere, them to be bang up for it, and that to feed onto the pitch. But it was just nothing really, and it was it was just a walkover for Villa. We, I know we were good, but it was it was them being rubbish as well. I thought we did did really well in that game and deserved our victory for sure.
5: Yeah, yeah Leeds are atrocious defensively as well. I mean, they've been bad; they've been bad all season, haven't they? How we didn't beat them at that Villa, that Villa Park game is still beyond me. But. I think we did to them at Elm Road what we should have done frankly to them at Villa Park.
0: Yeah, I mean undeniably we should have beaten them at Villa Park and that was the first serious uh, suggestion that Gerard hasn't got it right yet and he needed to uh, have a bit of a rethink uh, and he, he certainly has uh, since then because it really that result really encouraged him to uh, indoctrinate the uh, players into thinking about the defensive side of the game and also you've, you've seen like McGinn and Ramsey are a lot more cautious now with Cam- or whoever's playing left back kind of bombs on, they do uh, very visibly check back a lot of the time.
5: Well we've just got the balance right, haven't we, in the last month or so? Um you know, obviously Brighton it was sort of steps of progress. I thought I didn't think Brighton were great, but we got the win well. Southampton we you know, it could have been five, six plus. Leeds it could have probably been four or five. But, but as you said, you know, West Ham was always going to be a maybe a step too far.
0: Do you think Max Leeds or Everton, I know Leeds won recently, uh do you think Leeds or Everton have a real threat of relegation?
5: I think
4: they both do. I was I thought Leeds would probably cause just what they're about, you know, they're bang up for it, whereas Everton, they just look just abject and absolutely nothing like something is seriously, seriously wrong there with Everton's fixtures as well. I think they're banging trouble, but I think, yeah. Leeds winning, winning uh, against Norwich later on that'll give them a little bit of a boost. I worry for Everton more than anything, even though Leeds don't have the games in hand, whereas Everton do. I just think Everton are I bang agree. in trouble.
5: I agree. Yep. You, you look at Leeds and you think, especially at Ellen Road, you'd fancy them to maybe take someone's scalp, you know, once they get Phillips back and far, and I think he'll be a big lift. You, I think they're, you know, they're um. Their record with him versus without him is a staggering distance. Once they get Bamford back, maybe fit and firing. I think they've got that little bit of firepower. You think, yeah, they they could take it to a few teams. Everton on their day at Goodison can, but you just look at them and go, when's the next win coming from? Because I think Leeds are built for a fight. I don't think Everton are. They're not built to be down in that
6: position. I don't think Lampard is either. No, no chance.
0: <laughs> As a Villa fan, it's very rare we actually get to see Phillips play for Leeds. Uh, he's, he's, does he actually play more games than he's in uh, than he's actually injured than he misses? I mean, from a Villa point of view, I've, I've still I've never seen he's him. It's like not own
5: Jack Grealish, and he? he seems to miss at least a third of the
0: season every season. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's get back to the West Ham game. Uh, unchanged team, probably rightly so but a different proposition here. And I don't know if uh, West Ham, the way they set up and the strength of their midfield is more suited to how we play and whether you have to think about something extra uh, to take West Ham either, you know, more width or uh, since we're away, you know, just play with the formation that we're kind of developing and, uh, you know, see what happens. But I think certainly, even though uh, it wasn't the most kind of eventful game early doors, we had, uh, that, you know, the chance, for example, uh, it's kind of been played down. But when Ramsey, uh, bursts through, and it's, it's the second time I've seen him burst through about five players of the opposition, uh, in uh, the last few weeks, uh, but when he squares it through through i think coutinho tries a little flick didn't he when maybe if he just uh went for a straight up shot
6: or just a prod he might have had more success yeah funny enough we were saying again like match club before that um when's coutinho going to start taking the really simple ones because he's scoring all these great goals apart from his in against united there's a couple of simple ones against southampton he missed and then he had an air shot in the first couple of minutes against leeds this was just another one i mean I don't know. In, in real time, Zuma was Zuma was clattering in there. So maybe he thought that was the right approach. Yeah. But you're right; just a toe poke into the near post might have been enough. And uh,
0: you know, the first another initial chance, probably that Villa had the best real chances uh, was this the save from Ings uh, from Fabianski, which uh, actually that was a le- legitimately a, a decent save, wasn't it?
5: Well, it happens quickly, doesn't it? It falls to Ings in the penalty area. It's sort of a snapshot it gets down very quickly to tip it onto the post it's, it's kind of maybe is it that the defining moment in the game I don't know you, you, you do wonder if we'd have taken the lead would we have maybe controlled the game differently I don't know
0: I think we potentially needed to uh, to get anything out of this because if they scored first they've got more of a controlling uh, yeah. set up or presence uh- at half time, uh, Max, we, we used hopeful.
4: Yeah, I mean, I was falling asleep at half time. I think that first half, both both the atmosphere <laughs> and what was going on the pitch, it was just so flat. Just nothing was nothing was going on really. I mean, if you watch watch the highlights on YouTube, the, there's only one single highlight from the first half, and it's that, that Jacob Ramsey chance. But I just think fair play yeah. to West Ham. I think they did really well in in the midfield. I think that won it. I think they just shut Coutinho down. And uh, whenever he did have the ball, he was going sideways, keeping it well. But he had no options. I just think everyone was sort of looking at him, not really having any options, not making runs off the ball. Um, and when we did get in the final third as well, we were just trying these one twos that just weren't coming off, and we'd give the ball away in a silly area, and then West Ham counterattacked, and that's what eventually led to the two goals. But we we just looked, we just lacked ideas. Which I was a little bit shocked at actually, because in the last few games we've looked really, really good going forward. But just against West Ham, we had we had looked like we had no ideas really.
0: You should have got yourself some popcorn. At half time that would been more exciting yeah <laughs> that's,
5: that's why they sell it I think what were your first impressions of the new West Ham Stadium because this is the first time we've actually played there with fans isn't it
4: yeah, it was it was
5: weird. I mean, it took ages to get there because it's in such
4: a, a horrible area. The traffic was mayhem and just the whole complex around it, like you can tell it was made for the Olympics. And it's, just, it's just not a football stadium. There's like four layers of security to get in. It looks like you're going on to an airport. It's just so strange and just, on oh, the outside as well, there's bars and just, yeah, it, it's not a football stadium, but and going from Upton Park to that, it's, it's mind-blowing. And the amount of West Ham fans in, in the comments on my video saying that, you know, they wish they stayed at Upton Park. It's, it's mental.
0: Yeah, we're, weirdly, actually, I I lived in uh, East London at the time there would be uh, it was being built, so they had this balcony that you, you just literally every year watch them uh, build that stadium, and it, at the time you didn't know that uh, it was going to turn into a football stadium, but. I mean, I bet Spurs don't regret because obviously Spurs were going for it uh, to take it over with West Ham at the time. I think West Ham got it because obviously it's legitimately uh, East London. I don't think Spurs regret that now.
5: Well, Spurs is a custom-built stadium, and it's it's kind of the blueprint for a modern ground, isn't it? West Ham is a bit of a box job, you know. I know but you I know, could I argue,
0: it. financially, it's it's a great deal for West Ham. Yeah, I mean,
6: it should it should they should be nicer to visitors since everybody's tax money is paying for it. Exactly. So, from that point of view, has it
0: perhaps allowed them to build the team they have? Uh, because you look at what happened to Arsenal once they built that stadium, they they seem to it uh, them, didn't it slide down uh, in terms of. Being able to uh buy the you know as many big guns as they were and obviously they were you know the top dogs along with united at the time so uh they may not have no atmosphere but if they can get into uh europe regularly uh, i don't think they'll be complaining that much but yeah i mean i wasn't a big fan of uh upton park but uh, i used to go there and you know it's kind of at least you uh enjoy the real uh, east london when you're there i
5: think that that new stadium i think it's, it's everything that you don't associate with West Ham. You know, when you think of West Ham you think of like a small, compact ground, really raucous atmosphere, quite intimidating. And it's the epitome of when you say plastic, it's Yeah you know when you think of some of the, the other modern built stadiums i you know, spurs has got a bit of vibe even like you know, the man city ground is, is kind of impressive and feels like a football stadium west ham it just isn't i've i've been there for rugby and you know in the lower tier they've they've sort of amended it but you're miles away from the upper tier because you're a good i don't know 20 30 40 plus meters nearer to the pitch the up, if you're at the back of the upper tier you're miles away you know you're nearer to Birmingham
0: yeah, you were in the front where you uh,
4: max yeah luckily i was i was lower tier so the view was okay but i was I was saying earlier that you know when we're singing songs in the lower tier which i was going to be going to be honest, wasn't <laughs> That often because both Villa and West Ham fans were quiet, but I'd look behind me into the upper tier and they were singing a completely different song, and you can barely hear them as well. So it was like there was two <laughs> separate Villa away ends. It was so so strange and probably the worst stadium I've I've been to, in a, as an away fan and uh, the quietest as well.
5: Because that's the thing, isn't it, mate? I mean, I know you've been to places like Barrow and all these kind of places, and, and at least while they're crap, they've got a bit of character, haven't they? And there's, they've got something about them. There's like that's a the charm. Thing, yeah. I, I think the West Ham modern, the, you know, the new West Ham ground, it, it lacks any kind of charm. Yeah. It has no thing. identity. It just lacks any identity whatsoever. And it looked like there was an, an ice rink between the upper
4: and lower tier. I don't know what that's yeah. about. the big massive platform. Just you look around the stadium and just little things
0: come out here. Was that a disabled platform? No, it's not. No, no, it's, it's not. just because of the way the
5: lower tier the lower tier is disconnected, isn't it? Because they normally pull that lower tier back for the athletics. So you've got ah. the full length of an athletic or the full width of an athletics track. Yeah, um, yeah. Plus the, you know, the the middle of the pitch. So while the lower tier is closer to the pitch and it's Probably acceptable. It's miles back to the concourse and obviously the upper tier you are a long way away from the pitch it's kind of the polar opposite of Ellen Road to be fair
0: I wouldn't say this because this shouldn't be the tone of the podcast but uh, I'm going to say it anyway in terms of the snack options (laughs) (laughs) in this concourse around the ground do they have like you know more uh, I remember like going to Twickenham and like thinking bloody hell they don't offer this to football fans like you had bloody Pizza Express and different curry houses and a Guinness bar and all kinds of stuff Do do they they, uh, go at market, or is it pretty basic shit?
4: I'm going to be honest. I didn't hang around in the concourse too often because I, I knew exactly what it would be. There was popcorn stands. you get very... COVID,
0: maybe. Well, exactly, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't already very... have it. <laughs> yeah, true. It was just very
4: American. It gave me American sports kind of vibes. It just wasn't... English yeah. football and like we were saying earlier it's not West Ham your traditional East yeah. London club it just wasn't West yeah. Ham at all and that's a real shame to be apples honest and, Apples and pearls yeah. well, The fact that yeah. they j- had the j- baseball j- deals.
0: There, they had the the Yankees played the Red Sox at that stadium it kind of speaks for itself Matt. Uh, so uh, when Yamalenko scored did Villa fans applaud because I've seen your video and they, and they didn't did they no that, I, I saw that on BBC Sport when I was on the coach it's like back. a myth isn't yeah, it I didn't, yeah. I didn't
4: see anyone at all applaud
0: but they, they applauded him uh, at the start of the game because he was returning obviously wasn't he yeah
4: of course there's always respect there and if anyone was going to score for West Ham you'd want it to be him but yeah there, there was yeah. no applauding or anything like that
5: it was kind of typical Villa wasn't it as always as as you know, we're perfect at writing these scripts you thought well if anyone's going to score who it, you know, it will be against Villa, obviously.
6: Well, his last goal <laughs> well, was against Villa as well, via Grealish's backside as well. <laughs> that, that, ah.
5: that feels like a long time ago, doesn't it now?
0: Yeah, the goal that nobody, everybody forgot because they just said that Grealish's sh- strike had kept us up when actually uh, Grealish's backside had neutralised that strike within like a minute, wasn't it? Yeah. But a uh, great goal. I mean, uh, classy finish, I've got to admit, technically it was a great brilliant. great
5: turn, as much as he had too much space. Once he you know, picks the ball up. It's a quick turn, snapshot. It's a great finish. Martinez has no chance.
0: Anybody unhappy about in the build-up to it? I think it's... a are t- team
5: goals, aren't they? Both the goals were... It was, it was one of those rare... I suppose because we've come off a run of three wins. I didn't see much of people after the game sort of bagging out any one individual. I think it was like a team performance. We just yeah. didn't quite click as a unit. We didn't actually play that badly. I just don't think we played particularly well either. And they, in the key moments, West Ham just showed that little bit more quality. But actually, it wasn't like you were at fault or you were at fault it was
0: kind of a a team goal on the second goal we're chasing the game uh, you know 10 minutes or so left and pushed up and McGinn he's got Declan Rice there's also somebody running to his right and so I don't know if he should have stood up and kept himself up but he he, he kind of gambles doesn't he yeah. by sliding in and uh, Rice sees him off and then suddenly we're in big trouble in terms of uh, the their counter
4: I thought West Ham got
0: down the, r- the wings well. I thought, especially in the first half, okay, they wouldn't do too much
4: with it, and they wouldn't—they didn't have that end product. But they got down the wings well, and there was always two players running at Cash or or Young, and we kind of struggled because we're so narrow. We just kind of struggled to deal with that, and obviously that that's what happened with the first goal. They cut in Sergeant; it's a good ball in, and like we said, that he had too much space, but it is a really, really good finish. But just down the wings, I think we struggled yeah. a little bit. I don't think Luca Dean coming off helped that at all.
0: We'll talk about that in a minute, but I mean, in terms of actual, uh Fabianski is probably the busier man, uh, all in, and you know Martinez had what would you say that one save of note
5: yeah, there was the big save. He had little bits, and, little bits and pieces to do, but it certainly wasn't. To be honest with you, it's not like he's been really under the cosh for the last few weeks. I mean, you know, the, the sort of the second half against Watford, he had a little bit to do, but Brighton he barely had a touch. You know, Southampton barely threatened, and obviously Leeds didn't do very much.
0: I saw, yeah, I did. I saw the uh, we were saying before the show. Were... Just chatting, uh, I saw the highlights of uh, the one that uh, it must be, is it Sky with uh, Lee Hendry doing yeah. it? And when Martinez makes that save, he goes, incredible save, amazing save. save of the season. And then you look back on the replay and it's like, it was straight at him. <laughs> <laughs> if he just stood there, it'd have bounced off his chest. I mean, it's a sharp save, but it, it's is the yeah. is the save
5: as bad as the miss that follows it up? Because that is an atrocious <laughs> <Yeah>. miss <laughs> when the guy misses from, Dawson from about two yards out? Is that anywhere on target and it's in? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and there's no disrespect in losing that game. Uh, I think ultimately, no. I'm kind of glad they got that uh, goal back just from Ramsey. I mean, that's his sixth this season, which mm. is uh, if you said that at the start of the season, you'd be uh, well happy with that because that, that's goal a player as well. that's great goal. great move. Bwendeer, really yeah. well. Very good. He changed the game. He takes the whole defence. Uh, he did well, on, at Ellen Road. Actually, to Wrong Foot.
5: I mean, we've said you know a few weeks now that Bwendeer actually has been. Probably been quite unlucky that with the change of system, he's had to be the full guy. Um, The only thing I would have sort of changed ahead of West Ham was I'd have actually gone back to one up front and I'd have actually flooded the midfield because you know that Suchek and Rice are going to physically have the better of you. You know, we didn't have any height. I think Gerard said as much, didn't he, after the game that we lack stature. You know, you think McGinn's not the tallest, Ramsey's not the tallest or the strongest... Louise the same, Coutinho the same.
0: Well, instead it, it of listing all of them, basically just say that Mings is the only one over six foot. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chambers is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but you, you saw, did you see that picture where, uh, I don't know where they were, but there was Mings and then about five other players, Cash, McGinn, you know, they're all in like ripped jeans and everything and white trainers. And uh, I think there was these comments like, Ming's taking his kids out. <laughs> and Ming, Ming, Ming's, Ming's buying his son some new trainers and things like that. But there is something we, we've noticed since the start of the season. We, uh, Especially when we were playing Coutinho and Buendia in the team, we do lack height. And I think West Ham are probably a bit more uh, in terms of uh, physicality probably a bigger team than us probably one of the biggest in the league I would
6: say yeah the thing about Declan Rice is I mean he's not just in control of the game he's in control of himself as well for the whole 90 minutes I mean my wife was saying oh there's Rice he's done nothing he's done nothing I was just sitting there just going just wait just wait and that's what happened he just picked his moment and pounced took it around about three or four players and set up that second goal it's, yeah. it's just who, real
0: who is your wife is she some big Declan Rice <laughs> hater or something why, 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 why did she single him out
6: <laughs> probably just because she remembers the, the Euros there so nobody was raving about him to be fair I think
5: he's deserving of being single out I think he's a class player I thought yeah, he really no, was I, the, I difference. Like he the difference good. Yeah. I, like, I like his personality as well but you, 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 you know, we've been saying all season most Villa fans have that's the kind of player you need to play the way Villa want to play moving forward you need someone like him in that
6: position yeah. yeah, because until until he did that run, I mean, he was tidy and everything else, just stepping in at the right time, but he didn't really stand out, and that's, that's just what was, like we said before, Villa are still looking for Kevin Richardson all these years later, and that's just, that's what race reminds me.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
3: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: We mentioned Lucas Dean going off. Villa put out one of those scary tweets where they go, Come back stronger. See you in July. Yeah, R- roughly translated. See you next season. Who knows? I mean, I don't know if they've had
5: the results back yet. Have they from the MRI? He's put pictures up himself of him, him in one of those um recovery boot things. I mean, you're hoping it's not a bad one, but we probably won't know till probably Friday when Gerard does his you know his press conference.
4: As soon as it I happened, as well, there was there was someone behind me that pointed it out because you could see Luca Dean himself like smacking the grass and kicking the grass. He could tell he yeah. was visibly frustrated as well. So he knew he knew that it was it was probably going to be a bad one.
5: And you know when it's yeah. not a contact injury when they just pull up, you think oh, he's going straight off here and he's he's not he won't be great.
0: Uh, look, I mean, obviously Twitter reacts. Oh, we shouldn't have sold targets, shouldn't have loaned him out, shouldn't, shouldn't have loaned him out. I think you know, as I said at the the. Uh, the day that deal was done uh, it's one of them if villa were pushing for something and there was an objective like they were really in the european race or you know they were still in the fa cup or something then you would uh persuade target to stay because the interests of the club are right We, you know we, you want to get whatever you're uh going for over the line so you need your strongest squad possible but the fact it just looked like mid table and we've got actually did get a backup in uh, ashley young you, you can have few complaints uh of letting, letting him go so it's alright being you know hindsight about this and saying oh you know we shouldn't have got rid of Target I think
6: it's a fair game because Target wanted out anyway if we're going to hindsight maybe go back and look at the West Ham home game and study Matt Target's 90 minutes in that one because he had a <laughs> wretched game that day
5: they all did didn't they to be <laughs> fair and actually to be fair to him Young was, would probably consider himself a little bit unlucky to have been dropped against Leeds I thought Dini had a really good game at Ellen Road but actually I thought Young played really well against Southampton he just doesn't give you that natural left-footing sort of overlap.
4: And that drop ball at the end—I don't know if anyone remembers that. It was oh, the last Shambhali. chance to equalise. Uh, oh, so frustrating! He just boots it straight to Declan Rice. That was that was terrible.
5: We've had that a few times actually this season. I was—I was going to mention that actually that our game management in the sort of the previous three games has actually been excellent. And I'll—you know—you give credit to Villa where credit's deserved. But actually, there's been times through the season where, when we've been chasing, normally about a goal, them, if it's like sort of one down, you think, well, because we scored, wasn't it? It was about the 89th minute. So I think then they announced just at the restart, the six minutes, you think, right, we'll get a chance here. And we didn't. And that's the thing with Villa. They kind of, they don't know how to chase a game. West Ham actually managed it very well. They just held Villa at arm's length. He thought, ah, oh, maybe we'll get a free kick might I would have it in the box or something. But you you just don't quite fancy us when we've got to go and really put the pedal down in the last sort of five, ten minutes to, to go and, um, go and chase a match.
4: Yeah, for the whole the whole of those the whole of those six minutes, the ball was down the other end, where the opposite end to yeah. where it should have been. Should have been, I think. Minks had a chance where he kind of bumbled through, but it was there was nothing major. West Ham were just doing well. To so be we
6: fair to them, just hold it down the other end. Yeah, I mean that's what I was saying. And they, were, they easily had the they had the referee sort of well. I mean, it was the youth youth experience referee again. Um, whatever one he was, I mean, he, he was letting a few physical things go, but he he wasn't as bad as he was in the Palace game.
0: So, uh, what, what have we learnt from these two games, uh, in particular these two away games? I mean, is it just the fact that West Ham are a decent team and uh, doesn't matter how good you are, you, you do get beat and uh, getting beat by West Ham uh, is not a surprise?
5: I mean, ultimately it's you know, where we want to be, are we there yet? No. It's quite simple. Are um, West Ham pretty well drilled? I think, I think they are. They're certainly more defensively better set up than we'd seen the, the previous sort of three games. You know, Leeds were wide open at the back. They were there to be got out. Southampton were the same. I think we, we were lucky we caught them on a really bad day, even though they've been playing well. Brighton, we kind of um, got the job done. But I, I sort of look at Arsenal. I think we'd said previously, hadn't we, David, that Arsenal is actually probably the easier game than going to West Ham. Even though Arsenal are above them in the table, the way Arsenal play, they're going to give you a little bit more time on the ball. I think West Ham have got that real bite to their play. They're physically more dominant. And that's probably where we're lacking, where we are we set up to kind of mix it physically with teams? I, I don't necessarily think we are. I think we have to actually play good football. And I don't think we saw enough of that, as Max said. You know, we got into sort of areas and then we didn't, we didn't have the final pass or the approach play was a bit rushed. And... Um, you saw that at say at Ellen Road, certainly in the Southampton game. Actually, when we we sort of took our time, played ourselves into good positions, and then we had the final pass or the you know we we, we made the opportunities.
4: I think what else we've got to do is stop shooting ourselves in the foot as well. Just the really basic Still. things. <laughs> yeah, how many times? That's a season been the theme we... since you got promoted, hasn't it? Exactly, really. given the boring areas. Animals. Giving the ball away in silly areas. I think uh, the Douglas Louise injury, where he got kicked in the face, that was a result of him uh, just just us passing it around the back and him doing a silly loops pass that went straight to them and put us right in danger. Just. Take it easy, sort your passing out, stop giving the ball away because it almost always leads to something silly. Even with the second goal, uh, Leon Bailey goes down trying to buy a, a silly free kick in a silly area and it just proves in the pudding they score and that's what you get from a good side like West Ham. So just just take it easy, stop making silly mistakes. It's
5: just the lack of control, isn't it? And that's, that's why we're where we are in the table, ultimately. Although I would say, actually, because the results went our way, I think most Villa fans now, if you said you'll finish ninth, I think everybody would snap your hand off with the way the season's gone with you know our weekly injury or COVID breakdown or patchy form to say the least through the season, you'd, you'd, I think if we were to finish where we are now with the run of games we've got coming up and the number of teams in that pack behind us, I think you'd say actually that's probably a really good result.
0: Yeah, quick yeah. question, without any research off the top of your heads, in a league table with just away games played, where are Villa in the league, 1-20? to Probably better than we are at home. I'd have thought. I'd reckon maybe eighth, mm. seventh, fourteenth, tenth is the answer. Not bad. Six wins, nine losses. No then <laughs> <'cause laughs> this is the weird because this is a weird thing. Remembering we're ninth uh, across across everything. Uh, if I say on home form, one to twenty, where are we? Lower Thir- thirteenth, fourteenth, go oh, tenth, twelfth. Mm. So twelfth and tenth equals ninth. That's great stats. We've won more, <laughs> one more away games, haven't we? And that's yeah. a nice change after the last few years. Haven't drawn one game away, which that kind of tells you uh, what we've got to... I think that goes back to stop giving the ball away and making silly mistakes because I would say nine of those losses, uh, you get a few draws there and it starts to make a difference where you are in the league.
5: Well, it's, it's been the theme across the yeah. the, the, the season. I mean, it's that thing of accumulating points. And if you can't... Like the Watford game was a good example, the Wolves game. you know. Every now and then, you're going to have moments where you're up against it. Wolves get back to two all. Just get away with it with a point. You're still frustrated. Watford get out of the game with a nil nil. You're going to get booed off anyway. But just put a point on the board. Go away from home, nick a draw, get a nil-nil grind out results if yeah. you have to. Man, you were always the team for that, weren't they? That's how they won titles. They'd go two-nil down normally at Villa Park, come back in the last ten minutes and get a point, and that point would be no, no, no. At the end what, of you, the end. what are
0: you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking they'd about? Win. They'd come back in the end and win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you <know> what <laughs> I mean they'd all, they'd always
5: be able to turn <laughs> losses into draws? I don't think we're. If anything, I think actually we were better under Smith. We've said a few times in previous pods. Last season, we sort of had the games at Leicester. Um, Wolves Southampton you know we went away from home a few occasions didn't play particularly well but got the win I don't think we're capable of doing that at the moment we either play well and win or we play badly and lose there's no kind of middle ground
0: yeah,
6: the Phil, what was
5: you going to say? No, it's,
6: it's your favourite stat. David, it's the XFU, expected fuck-ups. Again, you need to cut those out, just like Max said. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you basically
0: just... start most games 1-0 down. Yeah,
6: the XFU, have at least one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Max, we were talking about these... Uh, Tenuous stats. Stupid stats. I saw like an article on Bailey, I think it was on the, the Birmingham Mail thing, where it says, oh, and he came on against uh, West Ham and there was like completed dribbles, uh, blah, 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 like four...
4: Yeah, and where did that get us? Absolutely nowhere. They're just pointless. This is the stats of somebody who plays football. It was his fault that we conceded the second. So where's
0: the stats on that? He actually didn't run back faster. He, he, He just jogged back. He didn't sprint.
5: We don't have the stat doing football like they're doing sort of tennis where they have unforced errors and it's a really quantifiable yeah. thing. How many times does that player fuck up? We'd be faster than oh, Yeah, That's a pr- yeah. <laughs> we would. For, ind- for individual errors because there's one, every game and you look back through our season at all the games we've lost, It's it's probably my claret and blue tinted specs but There aren't that many games when you can look at it and go, Villa were beaten fair and square by a better team. Most of those games where we've lost, you've gone, we gifted them that game, we gifted them that game, we gifted them that game.
0: I mean, Bailey, he's HAA probably two, I think, just in 20 minutes. Half-assed attitude. (laughs) 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 But there really should be, they should bring in, or maybe we'll have to do it ourselves and uh, get a couple of people to watch the games as uh, you know all these stats people do, just to... Do the metrics, the proper metrics? Half-ass attitude. What was the other one? Xf you expected fuck up.
6: <laughs> you, need, you need to beat. You need to <laughs> like you, that one. <laughs> you, need, you need to beat your expected fuck up. So let's just say Ming says an Xf you have one per game. If if he doesn't do that, one per game, the win.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Those are quantifiable stats that would actually uh, connect and mean something to fans. You know, it's like the
5: beat the first man stat. That would be a pretty tangible one for Villa over the last few years.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you think Chambers uh, stays in again? I don't know. Or is Chambers, was his continuing in the team a case of, well, as long as we keep winning, there's no real need yeah, to change drop the him. team? It's
5: quite easy, isn't it, when you go and lose to go, well, I've got to make changes now. <laughs>
6: yeah, and that would be and an obvious probably one. probably
5: maybe should have freshened up actually after Leeds, you know, with a quick turnaround. I understand, I understand why he didn't, but...
6: It's very harsh to drop him, but I mean, like, like Max says, Jarmulengo did have a lot of space there. Chambers probably should have been the closer, closer to him. And
0: against Arsenal, any changes, uh, do you think... I, I want to see, I don't know
4: how how on earth he'd do it, but the, the, the change that Buendia made when he came on, I'm, I'm not sure whether he goes back to the 210s and takes either Ings and Watkins out, I'm not sure, but it, it's a tough one, isn't it, with Buendia? The, the impact he had, is there a way yeah. you can force him in?
0: Well, here's, here's something I wanted to mention, and we'll we'll, we'll close on this. Uh, the whole Coutinho thing, whether he's signing for Villa or not, or what the deal is there, What you know, what the situation is, in my mind, I haven't, you know, I haven't said it out aloud yet because uh, you probably get the usual reaction. But uh, buendia's is the kind of guy; he's like a ready-made replacement for Coutinho, even though he hasn't done uh, what he has at, at, at the level. He's, you know, he's obviously a younger player, and you would hope uh, on the way up. But he has that kind of uh, skill set, doesn't he? He can play in that position, and you, you would hope if he got better and better, Villa could still play that formation without uh, too much downside.
6: The difference between Catenio and Buendia from what I can see is Buendia plays passes that I don't even see. I mean Catenio is a better, you know, maybe getting into positions and scoring himself. And yeah. but as far as Buendia goes, I mean, some of the passes he does and some of the some of the I mean that one to set up Ramsey. I mean there was a there was a back heel flick as well as using his strength to muscle outmuscle the West Ham defender.
0: You know, when you turn a player by, you know, being shot he he actually he made a turn that took the whole of the West Ham defence one the other way. To set up that space for Ramsey, just to basically stroke at home.
6: I do, I do. I think they play in the same position, but I do think C- Coutinho's more direct than Buende, But Buende has got a, has yeah. got an imagination that the rest of the Villa team haven't caught up with yet. Yeah,
0: I mean it's it's not a it's not a directly the straight swap, but you are getting a player with uh, I think imagination is is a good word to describe that would would make it still work where he's playing in that hole behind uh, the front two. Of Ings and Watkins, and he, you know, he's probably uh, in the plus column uh, between him and uh, Coutinho. He's he probably uh, presses a bit sharper and tougher than yeah. He's uh, tougher in the tackle Coutinho.
5: Yeah, that's kind of come as the season's gone on. Actually, he's kind of grown into that. You sort of see his pressing game has really has really come on leaps and bounds. Certainly since Gerrard's arrived. And actually, since the turn of the year, he's probably been one of our better players, even when our form's been a bit patchy. Buendia's been the bright light through that period. He's, he's pretty unlucky to have lost his place.
0: Philippe Coutinho came in you know, and it was out of nowhere. And if that hadn't happened, I think we would be at that formation now where with Buendia playing where he is with those front two. Because uh, at the moment, it's in your interest to uh, find a balanced team to play the front two, because they are obviously two of our better players, even if you just judge it on uh, the amount of money it costs to get them in. And ultimately, they're two players. you know, if you give them service, they'll score goals. Yeah, uh, Max. Any considerations on that? Would you, if Coutinho went, do you think? Oh no, we're going to have to get somebody else in to replace him, or it's, or do you think? Oh, yeah, well, Buendia can can grow into that role.
4: Yeah, I'd be happy with with Wendie. I think. With the with the Grealish issue, that was the main problem that we had for a fair few years. You take Grealish out that side, and you've got absolutely no one that can do a job that's even remotely up there with Grealish. But with Coutinho, yeah. you can you can see their similarities there with Buendia, which is was only a good thing for Villa that there's an option there to play them together and really have that creative aspect. Or if Coutinho does come out, whether it's an injury or you know we lose it, and then um, you've got Buendia there. So now I'm, I'm more than happy with with I'm a big fan of him.
0: Yeah. Anything else to add before we uh, skip off into the sunset? As, as we uh, said at the top of the show, it's not uh, the normal main show where obviously we have a lot of other things going on, but uh, we just wanted to uh, get something out, wrap up those two away games uh, that uh, have taken place while we haven't had a, a structured uh, output of shows. Final words, gentlemen?
5: I'm looking forward to Arsenal. I think that one will be a really good game. The way Villa have been playing recently, the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, I think the, the two playing styles should make for a really entertaining game of football.
4: have won their last five, Arsenal, haven't they? That'll be a tough game.
0: Yeah. So in terms of, uh, while you're here, Max, season aspirations, would you be content with where we are now? I mean, I was looking at the Dogheads uh, after we beat Leeds, I think I put out a tweet of uh, we're coming for your dog heads, but their form has been like championship form, hasn't it? They've just won again uh, when we got beat by West Ham, and suddenly there's a ten point gap there. So we've got a game in hand, but. I think, uh, I mean, we're not that bothered if we finish behind Wolves uh, this season, considered the disjointed season we had. But is it a goal or is are we happy with this just top 10 we'll do? Um, single-figure finish, ninth and eighth? Yeah, like
4: single-figure that. finish. That'll be a, a great result in my eyes. I was going to say, if we could... After, after Leeds, I was looking up at Wolves and thinking, "Yeah, we could we could do them with the game in hand." And uh, obviously, we've got to play them as well. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll take ninth. Obviously I'll snap your hand off a ninth now. That'll be a, a great finish, in my opinion.
6: Agreed, Phil. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take ninth and sort of having a say in the the title picture in the last game. Be interesting, just Ooh, something yeah, be nice. just that
0: could be fun, wouldn't it? A better needle. It'd Be great to piss on the parade, wouldn't it? you normally hope that your team's got something to play for, but sometimes it, it works pressure's the other off, way, does Normally it? we play where, quite well where, when the pressure's off. Yeah, exactly. When the pressure's off, suddenly it frees up your players and you know, they can just actually enjoy it. And that sometimes uh, works wonders.
5: And there is a, a, a certain press narrative that would be perfect, wouldn't it, if Gerard went there to
0: gift uh, Liverpool the title? Yeah, no, 100%, and he would probably, uh, that would be in his thinking for sure. Right, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Stokes, for joining us. We hope you uh, get well soon. Uh, What's the period now that you have to kind of sit out? Uh, will you be back for Arsenal? Well, technically
4: you don't, but uh, I will. Just, ah, right. uh, okay. just to be nice to everyone, it's a shortened period. Five though, days. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It's meant to be five days, so I think whatever happens, I should should be all right for the Arsenal game.
0: Right. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do. Uh, I think uh, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I think ACast are uh, discontinuing their player to concentrate on their services. Um, I mean, obviously with Apple and Spotify. Spotify, etc. It's, you know, you're wasting money bringing out your own player. So if that's where you are subscribed, uh, p- potentially migrate now uh, and uh, follow uh, the podcast somewhere else and, you know, put notifications on so you, you know exactly when the show uh, pops up. Please do uh, give us a rating as well on Spotify and Apple if you listen to that. And we will be back for uh, something for the weekend ahead of the Arsenal game. And then you can look forward to the Main show at the start of the week. Until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: (laughs) Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.